Hey there DC fans, this is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, Everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNews35. That's D-C-N-E-W-S-35. DCNews35. Use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com. Well, hey there, all you DC Comics News fans. Whether you be friendly or feral, you're always welcome in a place where comics are celebrated. So whether you're a DC Comics news fan, a DC Comics fan, a fan of comics, a fan of podcasts, or a fan of lists, well, you've arrived at the right place. How do I know? Well, I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, and my job this week, just like every week, wait, 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 it's not really a job if you love what you do. In fact, they say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. I could definitely relate to that as I head up DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 89. It's going to be an interesting one, I'm not going to lie. I don't like to lie, I feel it sets a bad precedent for everything to follow. But I am going to pick up the trusty digital reader here, give a quick scan through of my review copies for DC Comics this week, and recognize the fact that I have to be aware that there are some things that are simply too easy. Um, Low-hanging fruit is a commonly uh, used phrase to describe the easy pickings. So for this week, and I'm talking about the books from January 19th, I've got Batman and Catwoman 2, as well as Warshock number 4, both by Tom King, both with masterful art teams who sometimes, I'll admit, make it simply too easy to pick them, to choose them, to decide this is the one, the <laughs> the guarantee. And sometimes it's a little bit harder to branch out, consider some of the new options that might be available and how it is that I can let you know about them, make sure that they're not getting missed. And then, of course, there are the things that won't be here for much longer. See, when you look at Batman, Catwoman, and Rorschach, those are 12-issue maxis. They're going to be on for a little while. Same with Strange Adventures. So, by comparison, if I've got Future State books, which will only be coming out until February, and maybe into March, and then we've got other events along the way, it's always a challenge where to shine a spotlight. Sure, I can pick Rorschach. I can pick Batman, Catwoman too. They're solid choices. They're guarantees every time around. But for this week, as I have in the past, and I will continue to do so, I like to consider what else 
might have been picked if it weren't for those two. And with that preface in mind, I dive in to episode number 89. My first pick for you this week is Future State, the next Batman, number two. For starters, this is a really cool issue that I got a kick out of, especially because I love the way the covers are laid out. There's something really fun about the original cover with Batman in the sights of someone. Clearly, in this case, we're talking about peacekeepers. But then also, we have this really gorgeous variant with the mask off and the wind and the rain and all of the imposing both physical power and presence that Batman never ceases to create. There's something about the way he just shows up on a scene, which is why I love the opening page here that leads us into the credits, because it's such a gorgeous, athletic movement. Um, Something about the way, oh boy, Bruno in the background, he's going to be snoring a little bit, but I promise for the most part, he'll be good. Um, But he was going to be whining too loud if I tried to keep him out of this one. So If you're not familiar with, Bruno is my oft-welcome compatriot, co-host, companion. And with his help, we shall move through this week's books. And this one was written by John Ridley, who's done an amazing job with other projects, uh, not just the next Batman. Now, fans of his cinematic handiwork will recognize the name and hopefully also be intrigued by... What he can do in a comic medium, trust me, I think it's quite amazing. He is joined with art by Laura Braga, breakdowns by Nick Darrington, colors by Ari Priano, with letters by Clayton Cowles, cover by Ledron, and the variant cover by Francesco Mattina, Doug Braithwaite, and Diego Rodriguez. I don't know which one you're going to get. I'd be hard-pressed to choose between the two. I did feel overall this was a, a really gorgeous introduction, as well as that first page. And Batman arriving on a scene where a man lies, broken, beaten, and then our next Batman uncovers footage from a local storefront that reveals that this was a crime of violence. This wasn't simply a a mugging and unfortunate, but this is all being done under a very powerful time crunch because peacekeepers are approaching. In fact, he has them time to what he believe is the anticipated response. And yet at the same time, they're always getting faster, something he has to give them credit for, but also something that when it occurs and it's unexpected, leaves him struggling basically for a way to (laughs) do anything about what he wants to do, while at the same time trying to stop the people. Now, there's a lovely spoiler in here that I'm not going to break for you. Uh, We do find out not only that Batman, this Batman, has uh, eyes in the sky, someone who can provide backup for him, much as Batman had Alfred and Sirens or Birds of Prey had Oracle. In this instance, he's got a person who can help guide him, especially provide some insights while, say for example, he's being hunted by peacekeepers. And what he discovers is a story of tragedy, 
a story of anger and heartbreak. And in that story, he also uncovers the harsher parts of Gotham, something that he opens this issue talking about the wonders that it can offer, the great music, great food, and how at the same time there's this underlying part, especially something that comes out at night. It's a beautiful story. It's heartbreaking and lovely. And it's followed up by a really fun story called Backgirls, written by Vita Ayala, with art by Aneke, colors by Trish Mulville, letters by Becca Carey. And a story that reminds us who the Batgirls have been and what it means when, especially in this future timeline, there are things that must be done, choices that must be made, and because of history, it can get a little confusing and difficult to even understand just what it is that is happening, why it's happening, and how easily issues like trust can suddenly become crucial as to whether or not people can be trusted, things can continue the way they're going, uh, betrayal or distrust can damage. And then there's a lovely ending story, Ladies' Night Out, with the introduction of a new siren to the Bat family storyline, especially in this future one. I highly recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. It is written by Paula Sevenbergen, with breakdowns by Rob Haynes, pencils by Emanuela Lupacino, inks by Wade Vaughn Grabager, colors by John Calise, and letters by Becca Carey. Really great book. I think it offers a lot, and it's packed with so much. I mean, the thing about the, uh, the next Batman is it's 65 pages full of stories. So sometimes with these future states, it can be a challenge with the price tag. But man, the value, the bang you're getting for your buck, in this case, totally worth it. That's my first pick, five out of five choice. What could be number two? And so what could that number two be? Well, why leave you hanging in suspense when I can simply reveal that it's future state, Nightwing, number one. In a story titled Once Upon a Night in Gotham, written by Andrew Constant, with art by Nicola Scott, colors by Ivan Placencia, letters by Wes Abbott, cover by Yasmin Putri, and a variant cover by Nicola Scott and Annette Kwok. For starters, a uh, haunting original cover featuring Nightwing on the uh, archway gate entry to Arkham, but the variant is no slouch. Very tactical looking in that appearance with a sort of face gear that has a chin harness, like it's designed to be much more pragmatic, and clearly that's important. Something to keep in mind with this current Gotham is the fact that there are so many dangers, especially with uh, facial recognition cameras, software being employed, and huge amounts of AI from the magistrate to the peacekeepers to their newest incarnation, the cybers. Which brings us to the purpose of this story, which is that 
it opens with a trap, one that is designed to play on Dick Grayson's desire to always help, to respond to a call from help, for help, and be there for those who can't defend themselves, can't protect themselves. What he finds instead is a trap set by two perpetrators who are working as liaisons with the magistrate and cahoots with the peacekeepers. And after a confrontation with them, he retires to his home base, which interestingly enough is Arkham Asylum. And it's there that we also see that he's struggling with the loss of his mentor, Bruce Wayne, who in the future state Gotham is believed to have been killed. And unless you've read Dark Detective, which suggests potentially otherwise, it's easy to understand why the characters will be reacting the way they are. And why I think this is a story that does a nice job of focusing on how the loss of Alfred is still important, poignant, and person upon which reflection is given. Alfred has been suggested recently that at the end of the events of Death Metal could eventually make a reappearance, a rising from the dead perhaps as was suggested in that storyline. But this is also a possible future storyline. And because of that, it's one that does not include Alfred. But it does focus on what his loss has continued to mean. And what I really found intriguing about this is that I wanted to line these up because we get another introduction, another appearance, another viewpoint for the next Batman. Someone who... Dick Grayson doesn't actually give a lot of, well, let's just call it respect to. <laughs> and with that in mind, he doesn't seem to hold a lot for the person who's wearing the cowl that many probably always believed would eventually be Dick Grayson. And he is able to catch this Batman off guard and reveal that he didn't make it extremely difficult for someone to find him. In fact, Batman is not the only one who found him. Others have arrived. This is something that a Batman that Dick Grayson says he knows the identity of, but has chosen not to reveal out of respect, something he feels that maybe this Batman could have shown him instead of simply showing up in his hideout while his identity was exposed. But the revelation that Dick made himself so easy to find for a reason sets up a really nice cliffhanger and I believe moves us into Nightwing number two. And what I love about this is that if you get a chance to read the next Batman and then Nightwing, you'll have an opportunity to see how this new Batman sees himself in the next Batman and how he's seen by others especially Batman's first protege, Dick Grayson Nightwing. Also, I'm intrigued because this is a future possibility, and yet it seems so very different from the future possibility in future state Teen Titans. So, are all of these multiverses specific, individual to each character? Are they one version of this possible future and not part of a connected universe? Questions remain for me because in other storylines, it appears 
that they might be connected, that characters will reference events. For example, Kara Zor-El made a reference to the fight that she and John Kent had after he shrunk Metropolis, which is something that occurred in the future state uh, Superman of Metropolis. So some parts of it feel shared, and yet because this Nightwing does not appear the same as the Nightwing that I saw in, or readers read, in Future State Teen Titans. I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Also curious to hear what you're thinking. In the meantime, we're going to sate your curiosity with all the things going on here at DC Comics News. Time for our magical ad break. It's really magical because it's created by the wonderful gang at the home office for DC Comics News. And they are led by the amazing Mr. Josh Rayner. Let him bring you all the great things you need to know about here at DC Comics News. And I'll come right back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 89. I'll be here when you tune back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items, and right now you can get thirty five percent off site wide by using the code DC News thirty five. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast here every week to talk everything DC movies TV comics and everything in between but don't just take my word for it here are a couple of our sponsors listen to the DC Comics News podcast it's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. 
a story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nards. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad no, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube.
And just like that, the ads are over. We are back. I am your host, Seth Singleton, DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 89. You just finished up hearing all those great ads from DC Comics News and all the things we want to make sure you're not missing out on. And with that out of the way, my third choice for this week's episode, all the books from January 19th, 2021. Such a nice thing to say that year. It holds so much hope and promise after 2020, right? Oh, quit the Stalin, my third choice. Future State, Immortal Wonder Woman, number one. Really intrigued by this story. Loved what it offers here. Beautiful, beautiful narrative created by the combination of Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad. The art by Jen Bartell is legendary. As immortal as the Wonder Woman in this story. Letters by Pat Brousseau, cover by Jen Bartel, with a gorgeous variant cover by Peach Momoko. Feels like one of those sketches you would see in an art class, maybe someone doodling in another class, or just one of those kids, you know, who can just rip out amazing art so well, but it's got this great sketch quality to it with gorgeous colors. Now, I'm going to be honest, if you had a chance to tune back in maybe five or six episodes back on the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, we were talking, maybe more. I'm just guessing, riffing right off the top of my head, but I know that we were talking about early images of future state immortal Wonder Woman. And there was a lot of questions being raised about how is it that this Wonder Woman is carrying all of these signature items that belong to heroes that we have come to know and love and recognize them for. In fact, if you look at the cover, you can see that Wonder Woman is wearing Batman's utility belt, as well as a Green Lantern ring around her neck. And we get an early answer to how this could all be possible when we see that while Wonder Woman is walking through a cave that causes her to reference uh, Hades and also the legends that go along with, say, Orpheus and others who ventured, dared even, to go into those caverns. We realize that she's using this in reference to someone who lived in a cave, someone who's no longer there, a Batman who is gone, who is a ghost, who has a beautiful conversation with Diana about where he saw his role in the big picture and why he always knew how his end would come and what it would mean. And then we see her emerging from that, carrying his utility belt, and in wearing it, she is also preparing for something that is coming, a great danger, one that she wishes to warn the warriors of Themyscira from, and yet they are encouraged, nay, they are emboldened. They don't see the same wretched earth that Diana sees, they don't believe that all the things that concern her, that the world has been broken, that there is so little left to defend or protect. They don't see any of that as something that should sway them. She believes that they should venture elsewhere, find somewhere to go. And they believe that there is a final fight coming that the stars have foretold. And when a great evil, one who is well known, arrives, he's first met by the Man of Steel, who is much older now and looks softened and weaker and in a very well <laughs> endangered moment 
we see his fate and perhaps the fate of everyone in the hands of Wonder Woman and how she will choose to react next. What I also love about this story is we get an introduction for fans who've never met her and a reintroduction for fans who have seen her in the past of Nubia and a beautiful story written by L.L. McKinney with pencils by Aletha Martinez, inks by Mark Morales, and colors by Emilio Lopez. Letters by Becca Carey, whose name I suddenly realize is appearing quite a bit. Now, Nubia has done her best in this story to interrupt a theft, but in the midst of battle, she uncovers an item, one that is a fragment, actually, one that shows her she is not prepared to see and leaves her with questions she wishes to answer. Now, she goes to a very interesting locale to find the answer she's looking for. And in the process, she has a very enlightening conversation that also reveals that she has not spoken to her sister Diana in some time. Her sister, who is referenced by the other person in this conversation as being Queen Diana. And it also reveals to us what this fragment is that Nubia has uncovered, how it connects to an ancient weapon forged from days past, and how it has now become entwined with Nubia's future. Also, we have a sudden twist and a cliffhanger that I'm not going to spoil for you, but I think gives you all the reasons to consider, nay, to choose, adding Future State Wonder Woman to your choices. 45 pages, beautifully written, wonderfully colored, gorgeously drawn. Sounds like a winning combination to me. So now how do I even follow something like that up? Well, thankfully, I'm not alone. I've got Future State Superman Worlds at War. Sorry, Worlds of War. Sometimes I just can't say things right, can I? Worlds of War. Uh, what an action-packed story. What an action-packed issue. Uh, three amazing stories, starting out with The Many Lives of Clark Kent by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by uh, Mikkel Jan, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Dave Sharp, with a gorgeous main cover by Mikkel Jan, and a variant cover by Ricardo Federici. We have Smallville, we have the home of Superman, we have a gathering crowd wondering where has the Man of Steel gone, where has the Man of Tomorrow left them in the future by themselves. And as they do, we get to hear a lot of different ideas about where he could be, how he either died or how he is now transcended, ascended, left us all behind, or is still here in ways we can't perceive, but working magic and powers and making all of us the better for it. There's a lovely example set by a young girl who chooses to suggest that just maybe, maybe, we're all getting it wrong. Now, she's shouted down by others who question whether or not she actually knows what she's talking about, but she wants to point out the idea that Superman is so much more than his power. And while others aren't able to hear it, I think the reader who's reading and listening will recognize what she wants to say and why it's so important when we find out just where Superman is and how it is that he's still living up to the example we all hope and imagine him to be, to portray, to uphold. And then 
once we do, we then get to turn around right into a great story about Mr. Miracle. How do you not love a story about Mr. Miracle? Okay, so if you don't love the character, you're not going to love this story. Maybe you don't like the writers, maybe you don't like the art, but I think Brandon Easton does an amazing job telling a great story about Mr. Miracle, an original one, and I think the stunning art by Valentin uh, De Landro, the colors by Marissa Louise, which on the first three panels are just gorgeous and stunning. Dave Sharp's letters make for a really fun story that, for me, embodies all the best attributes of Mr. Miracle, why he is so compelling, why there's something so much fun about an escape artist who always gets away. Almost. But it doesn't stop there because we also get a Midnighter Future State story. This one written by Becky Cloonan with Michael W. Conrad, art by Gleb Melnikov, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Travis Lanham, and what is killing a man? Why does it matter? Does it matter? What does it matter who the man is? What if it's Midnighter? Does that change anything? And also, does it matter if the person doing the killing happens to be someone familiar, someone recognizable, someone that maybe actually does care what the difference is on which man gets killed, how and why. Overall, Superman World of War is a packed issue full of great stories, ones that I think you'll enjoy. And I know I did. Curious to hear your thoughts as well. We'll let you know all the ways to do that after we finish up with my fifth and final choice. I'm talking about Deceased, Dead Planet, number seven. Tom Taylor can destroy things with a skill I've yet to see demonstrated so expertly by others. He simply knows how to take the things we love, rip them down, tear them to shreds, and then the process make us want it just a little bit more for all it challenges us. And in this final issue, this issue number seven, Tom Taylor reminds us why it is that these heroes never give up, why we never give up on them, why they are so much fun to love, why we love seeing them drawn by amazing people like Trevor Hersey, um, and so many others from Rainbow to more. This is a wonderful collaboration, one that, man, first issue or two, I thought, ah, oh, you're going to take all this hope and promise, and you're going to go and try and save the people left on Earth, and everyone who tries is going to be lost for it. But then there's that chirping bird in the background that reminds me that between the rain we've been having lately, there's breaks where the birds come out. There's a little bit of reminder of the hope and promise of new beginnings, new possibilities. And that's what this book does. It does a wonderful job of suggesting a virus and a cure and of those who can bring about a resolution, who can maybe save so many. And with it, we also get to see some great characters have some standout moments. And when they do, we also get to see what happens when a demon takes on crafty, powerful magic wielded by even craftier and powerful magicians. Zatanna, John Constantine, the many things he's collected on the way, all shine here. And then we have such a gift 
a moment reunited when others who we've rooted for and maybe even dared to hope for are finally redeemed, rescued, saved. And that feeling of hope is left with us. Hope that's suggested in the final panels of what it means that the heroes have returned. Really great final choice for me, a great final issue in this mini-series. I highly encourage you to check it out. I think it's also part of all the things we can continue to look forward to, in addition to the events and other such things occurring within DC Comics. And with that, we come to an end for DC Comics News, Spinner Rack episode number 89. I've been your host, Seth Singleton. It's been my pleasure to hang out with you, talk about these five books, and let you know that when I make a choice, I'm always happy to talk about it. I'm sharing it here with you now, but I'd love to hear what you think, why you think, and what you can tell me about what I might have missed. How do you do it? Well, you reach out to the gang here at DC Comics News. You can send us a message, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Use the at symbol in DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, you let the whole gang know what you're thinking, what you think we should know, and maybe a little bit more. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, answer your questions, and more. Of course, if you ever want to find me directly, I'm uh, one more singleton on Twitter, Seth the Writer on Instagram, but my dogs Bruno and Fiji are much cuter. Look them up all one word. And then if you find me anywhere else on the internet, or you want to, try just typing my name, Seth Singleton, in the word story into a search engine and see what happens next. Can't wait to hear what you discover, what you want to talk about, what else we can learn together. In the meantime, Make sure you never miss out on every new episode of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, Spinner Rack, and more. How do you do that? Well, it's easy. You just press that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to. When you do, you'll guarantee that in your feed will always be the newest episodes of the Spinner Rack, DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, taking a look at movies, television, streaming, comics, and more for your pleasure and conversation. Chat about by a round table of the best, the brightest reviewers, editors, storytellers, and, well, opinion makers. And then, of course, you'll also get great episode-by-episode content like I Am The Night, the Batman the Animated Series, Breakdown Episode-by-Episode by by Mr. Steve J. Ray, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast in which those from around DC Comics News and Dark Knight News talk about all the bad things on such a great show like the Harley Quinn show from DC Universe. And then there's original content you won't want to miss. More is coming, more is in store. Also, if you like the video side, check out DC and After Dark, hosted by Kelly Gaines. It's a visual take on all things DC and more. See what we have in store. Check out DC Comics News. Subscribe. Never let us go when we promise we'll always be there with DC Comics stuff for you. With that, we leave you with one final reminder until next time to always read more comics. Thanks so much, everyone. Can't wait to see you when you tune back in. Bye now.